0: Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. I never noticed that we're both mix. We're both mix? Yeah, you're McQueen and I'm McBroom. Oh, Mick. I thought you said M I X. Mean, host and a co-host <laughs> that are both mix. Yep. Yeah. M-I-X. M-I-X. No, M-C. Yeah. I'm like, what would mix be? Okay, no. so we got a lot of good questions. Yeah, you guys crushed the, it's funny, we were like, oh shit, we forgot to ask for questions. We got to do it, hurry. We got a podcast tomorrow. And then I posted in a bunch of, how many people filled out the actual form versus uh, the little bubble? Like eight? Good. Yeah. Usually people don't actually click that and fill it
1: out. Yeah. Um. But I think when you said long form here. Yeah. It makes a little if more If someone
0: doesn't want to restrict what they want to say. <clears throat> yeah. The bubble is very restricting, which I also kind of like. Sometimes they ask quick, like, questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going uh, <laughs> to say this, and if you don't, I'm going to tag you the next time. But Marty Marr, if you're listening, he's a day one listener. I mean, he was asking questions to me and Theo. He was the only one asking questions to me and Damn, Theo. Like, he still how, is? Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, he had me on his podcast. He started a podcast with a dude. I, it was, like, a, probably a year ago now. Yeah. but. Um, the uh, they he always asks the like out there personal questions. I love it. All the weird personal questions. Yeah, like weird. Like you feel okay talking about? Not like crazy weird, but he always asks those ones. So I'm gonna I'm gonna shout him out right now. Fill out the form and ask us some good personality ones. Or next time I put it on my story, make sure you do so because yeah, okay, That's funny, um, bro. Idea. Uh, did you see my Neanderthal? stories yes. i didn't know that they there was a whole library full of those things damn did you know that no dude there's like hundreds and hundreds of funny I, I was sitting on the couch with blakely for probably 30 minutes straight just doing different ones with her and that was the only one i wanted to really keep because it was just i could not stop fucking laughing yeah especially when it went on her face and she just has this beard and just oh my god, god i was that dying was good i did the uh i wish i would have saved it i did the there's this one that like makes your mouth bigger you know have you seen that one? Yeah, like big mouth lips type. Yeah, but it wasn't as, it was almost like somebody tried to do it but didn't do it very well because it didn't make my mouth huge like that one. It just made it a little bit bigger <laughs> so it was actually realistic and I looked just like fucking Pete Davidson. Oh, my. The comedian. Yeah. Because he has a huge mouth and I don't know what the lighting was or my face but like I, we are crying because I was like, God, I look like Pete Davidson and Channing just lost it because I literally looked like him. <laughs> That's more. weird. And I hate admitting that but it was hilarious. He's the meme king right now. Yeah. If Pete Davidson can land Kim Kardashian, you can blank. Do anything. (laughs) Everybody is like going off. I tried to watch one of his stand-ups last week with Shannon. Couldn't do it. Not a fan? No. Oh, 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 do you like him? I love it. I mean, not love because I like a lot other ones. His voice is just too monotone for me. It's almost like, and the thing is, at first I was like, I know I'm not going to like it because he's so dark. And sometimes it's like cringy. I'm like, oh, I can't even. Yep. I'm like. Uncomfortable. It's not humor, yeah. Yeah. But he didn't say anything uh, actually. We, we didn't watch that much. I had to turn it off. But based on what I saw, he didn't say anything dark yet. But he's just so monotone. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. There's no expression in his voice. I don't want expression. Yep. But Dave Chappelle's kind of monotone sometimes, too. But he has a, such a good storyline. Oh, yeah. God. I yeah. know. Especially because he's one of those guys that every time he starts with a joke and you don't even realize he doesn't finish the joke. Oh, and he's he coming it back, back way back. So good. it hit you hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he crushed it. If you guys are listening, you haven't watched the closer. It is a great, great one. Um, it's it's definitely his most out there one for sure. But it's it is damn funny. Um, I don't know if I've seen. I, actually, I think I saw what he has one called like throwing stones or something like that, throwing rocks. I have no idea, man. Um, on Netflix, the previous one. I know he's I, got a couple of them. Yeah, but. I think I've watched that one. But he has he has a, a few different things on Netflix that I haven't seen. Mm. I'm a Joe Rogan guy. Yep. Watch a lot of Joe Rogan ones. Yep. But. Hilarious.
1: Cool, man. Well, uh, let's uh, dive into these questions and see what we can do here. We got one coming from DGids12. Uh, it says, what are the best app exercises for getting the most definition?
0: First and foremost, I want to uh, I want to clarify like how to achieve definition. Um, also, I can't get this out of my head, so I got to say it. It would be fucking hilarious if we could put one of those uh, Instagram filter things for the the Instagram audio waves, like while I'm doing a Q and A and it's like the big mouth or it's the Neanderthal. If only we could set up a phone and get that to work, that would be absolutely hilarious as like, it's like serious education, but Oh my God, that'd be funny. Um, All right. Anyway, ab definition. So, uh, rule number 1 principle number 1 for seeing definition in your abs is that uh the whole quote unquote abs are built in the kitchen you know people always say that which is not true uh abs are definitely built in the gym they are built in the gym but they are revealed from the kitchen and what i mean by that is if you don't lose fat you are not going to see your abs i don't care how great your ab exercises are you will not be able to see a full six pack if you don't lose enough body fat to see a full six pack and It's not that it just comes from the kitchen because I would say it comes from a combination of what you eat, how you sleep, how you train, you know what I mean? It's a combination of things. Fat loss isn't just nutrition, excuse me, but nutrition is the primary factor in losing body fat. We know that you have to create a caloric deficit, you have to um, maintain or build muscle, eat enough protein, blah, 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 blah. All those things are nutrition. Those play the biggest roles in actually seeing some ab development. So therefore, it is important to understand that. Now, I'm not going to dive into a fat loss spiel because we've done that a million times and the question is about um defining your abs so assuming you understand that and you have lost enough fat to see your abs um i would recommend uh, to anybody who wants to have a really well-defined core to train your abs for muscle growth before you jump into a diet um if you've already jumped into a diet and you're like oh shit now it's too late It's not too late, especially if you haven't trained your abs seriously, you're going to build some muscle even if you're in a deficit because it's a new stimulus. Like imagine if you trained for five years and you never did a bicep curl and then you jumped into a deficit, if you started doing bicep curls, your arms would still grow a ton because they're experiencing a new stress or stimulus that they've never experienced. Um, But... The reason I say that is because I like half-ass trained my abs, and I, th- I think about my FC competition, which was way back. But I did this with the photo shoot where I got my leanest for as far as photo shoots go as well. And I kind of ignored ab training because it's boring to me. I just don't find it enjoyable. Um, it's not that it's super difficult necessarily. It's just not exciting. Like I like having weights in my hands and doing dynamic movements or heavy lifts stuff like that. Um, But because I never did a lot of direct ab work, by the time I got really lean, my abs just weren't that impressive. I had a really flat stomach, and that's great. And I was, like, lean, and you could see my abs. But I have friends that their abs just fucking pop out. And the reason they pop out is because they develop their abs before Mm -hmm. they cut. So it's important to understand that the abs are a muscle. So if I were to try to – let's use biceps again for an example. If I was to try to build – my biceps. Somebody came to me and they're like, I want to build the best biceps possible. I'm probably going to train them with a high frequency because I'm going to specialize in them. So I'm going to train them probably three times a week. Uh, any more than that, you're going to have elbow pain for those abs. You can probably get away with more, but for the sake of argument, biceps, I'm going to train them three times a week, which maybe I'm following an upper lower split. So it's Monday, Tuesday, upper lower. And then like, let's say Thursday, Saturday, upper lower, I might go, uh, the first and second upper body days, training my biceps. And then the Saturday leg day, train my biceps Mm -hmm. as well. Right. And I'm going to do varying angles. So I'm going to do one day where my shoulders are in flexion. So like a easy bar curl or preacher curl, spider curl, meaning my shoulders in flexion, So my elbows are in front of my body and I'm doing bicep curls towards my forehead. I'm going to do one day where I'm in a neutral shoulder position. So right at my side and doing full range bicep curls next to me. And then I'm gonna do one with hyper extended. So leaning on like an incline bench. And I might do multiple of those throughout the week. Um, and then I'm going to do some exercises with a supinated grip. I'm going to do some exercises with a neutral grip. And I'm going to do some exercises with a pronated grip. I'm going to hit all the heads of the biceps. I'm going to vary my joint angles in each way. And I'm going to hit them with different rep ranges. So some in the 8 to 10, some in the 12 to 15, some in the 15 to 20. Um, and the reason I'm doing this is because, for lack of better terms, I'm hitting it from all angles, right? I'm, I'm literally varying my intensities, my volume, my frequency, Joint angles, grip positions, everything I can do to m- change the way the muscle is growing, I'm doing, and I'm doing it often and throughout the week, meaning my volume going to be high. Totally. So anybody asks about any muscle group. Glutes, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to hit them three times a week. I'm going to do hip thrusts, abductions, uh, and then lunge variations. I'm going to hit them in different intensities, all that stuff, right? And that's a common answer, but nobody does that with the abs. They typically only train them on leg days, or they don't train them at all because compound lifts are enough, and they just do... Body weight crunches and leg raises over and over and over and over again. You should train them like any other muscle. So I'm going to hit them with a high frequency three times a week, let's say. You could actually get away with training them four or five times a week because abs just... You can't overload them like you can a normal muscle. Um, And... They recover pretty quickly because they're active in a lot of other things. So Mm -hmm. you can just train them with a higher frequency. But let's say you're training them three times a week just for this example. I'm going to do one day where I'm doing a flexion-based superset. So that's going to be like a hanging knee raise where I curl my spine in a a sit-up or a crunch where I'm curling my spine. And what I'm trying to do is literally flex my spine so I'm rounding my back and I'm compressing my trunk or my core so my abs actually flex. I'm going to do that in the 8 to 10 15 to 20 rep range right two different rep range one's gonna be weighted one's gonna be just body weight mm-hmm. right so i'm gonna do crunches with just body weight for 20 or hanging uh two different exercises okay so like for example the sit-up i might or the crunch i might do body weight for 15 to 20 reps three sets and then on thursday or the next time i do crunches i'm gonna do them with a, a plate or a cable and i'm gonna load them and i'm doing them for eight to ten reps yep. right so body weight high rep Heavyweight, lower rep, four abs, low reps, is eight to 10. Um, the hanging leg raises, I might do one day maximum body weight, just as many as I can. The one day I might do something where you could add a weight between your legs. People do that, like mm-hmm. a med ball or between your knees or something like that. Totally. Um, but I like uh, those hanging band resist ones, the one where we put the band around the squat rack, and then you're like, kind of like kicking into the band. So I'm exploding against the band with my legs as I do the leg raise, and the band's pulling my legs down, so I'm, it's, I'm resisting it on the negative. That's still technically some kind of load, yeah. just band load. Yeah. Resistance. Um, so I'm doing that twice a week, and then I'm going to add some kind of plank variation, which is like a stability. It's an anti-extension. So this is where it starts to change. We do those flexion-based exercises are really, really great for stimulating the muscle, for contracting the muscle, just like a bicep curl, right? You want to do that because that's literally flexing the elbow and contracting the muscle. I'm going to do that with my abs, but I also want to do anti-movements. So anti-extension, anti-lateral rotation, and anti-rotation, trunk rotation. Uh, So for these, I'm going to do a plank as anti-extension. So when you're in a plank, when your core starts giving out, your low back sinks in, you start hyperextending, right? So anti-extension would be bracing and making sure that your low back doesn't sink in and hyperextend. So I'm going to do a plank variation, maybe a weighted plank, a timed plank, a seesaw plank, so I'm like moving my legs, a plank on a Swiss ball. There's a million different variations to do it. Then I'm going to do an anti-rotation, so that'd be like a landmine, bus driver, or a Russian twist, but not actually twisting my my trunk. What you're trying to do is rotate your shoulders while keeping your hips stable, and that means that your trunk, your actual core, your where your abs are, is not rotating. Your lumbar spine, your lower back, shouldn't twist. You're you're resisting that rotation, and that's developing your abs. Um, and now we're developing not just our six pack, which the sit-ups and the hanging leg raises are best for, but we're, we're building our obliques, our intercostals, everything around our trunk, or even our lower back. Then I'm gonna do an antilateral flexion exercise, and this is gonna be um, antilateral flexion or antilateral rotation. Some people call it different things, but it's like a single-arm farmer's carry, something really simple, a single-arm rack carry. And you're just doing walks, right? You could also do, I would probably do carries as well, heavy carries or long-distance carries. Yesterday when I was doing it, I did... Uh, I, I said 200 yards because it was down back four times, mm-hmm. and I'm guessing that's about 200 yards. Um, but that's a long distance. I had 30-pound kettlebells, not heavy, but by the end of it, my core and my traps are on fire. So, again, I'm varying it. I'm, one day I might do heavy farmer's walks for a short distance. One day I might do really long farmer's walks for with light weight. Yep. Um, the anti-stuff, again, weighted for less time if it's a plank or non-weighted for a longer period of time. So we're just really, like, literally changing for – Bracing and stuff like that, it's usually distance or time. So duration or distance or load uh and intensity. Right. Mm-hmm. But again, just like changing the reps <laughs> and the joint angles and stuff like that for the bicep curls or the hip thrust or whatever, we're literally just changing the type of stimulus we're giving the core, and we're doing it three to four times a week and we're doing it with multiple exercises. If somebody is purely focused on I want to build just my six pack, that's all I care about, just hypertrophy of the core. I'm probably going to say do a, a crunch variation, a hanging leg raise variation, or an ab wheel variation. So you could superset a um, a crunch and an ab wheel and then you could superset like a heavy weighted sit-up and a hanging leg raise the next day and you could just literally rotate those throughout the week four to five times. Um, but if you want to develop your core and try to build the strength of your entire trunk, which I always recommend, I call it like body armor training. Like if, if you just have a six pack, it might look great, but like... This is probably not going to happen, but if yeah, somebody ran up to you and <laughs> fucking just tried to punch you right in the ribs or punch you in the kidney, you would have some muscle laying over your core that would be able to take that punch a little bit easier, you'd be able to fight back. Yeah. Whereas somebody who didn't have that would just be crippled, yep. especially to a kidney punch. Yep. Just, if you've ever been in the kidney, it's not, ah, not pleasant. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the other thing with that too is if you throw a two, 300-pound bar on your back and try to squat there is a factor of strength and stability in your trunk that needs to be able to brace. So if you can't brace properly, your low back is going to give out your legs might be strong enough to lift that 300 pounds. But if your back's not strong enough to hold it and be stable with it on its on the top of your spine you're gonna have low back issues and that's another reason why not just doing sit-ups is important like throwing in the functional stuff like bird dogs and side planks and anti-rotation stuff and dead bugs and these all these plank variations and carries those things kind of layer you with the strength and stability needed to do those heavy lifts and they build some muscle but like to kind of wrap this up i always recommend a well-rounded approach because whatever you're doing in your training you're also doing other things that require strong trunk or core but when it comes to, like, bodybuilding and just developing your six-pack, I don't think there's anything better than crunches, hanging leg raises, and the ab wheel. Those are, like, typically the best ones. Totally. Yeah. The one I like the most for, at least for a warm-up, is the pallof press. Yeah. 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 and that's, is, is that the – Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And there's a bunch of variations of it. I'll do – For like, anti-rotation. Yeah. yeah. So that's anti-rotation exercise. I'll do standing, staggered, half-kneeling, tall-kneeling. Uh, I like pallof press to store the pot. Yeah. Only because that stim like that's when you feel the burn the most. So when we talk about like hypertrophy of abs, I would say that's probably the best power press variation. Totally. But those are things I put before deadlifts or squats because some anti-rotation is, is helpful before you get into a squat from a stability and a hip internal external rotation perspective. Um, so you could do a side plank, side plank plus reach a row as well. Um, but I like the power press well. It's easy to set up and it's just. It, yeah, it feels yeah. good. And it's very like clear what you're trying to do. Stand here, press forward, do not let it twist you. Yep. It's very, very basic, and yep. you can feel it. It's, like, it's a good one. Love it. Um, yeah. Cool.
1: All right, we will move on to the next question. It comes from Nikki O'Day. It says, any info you have in regards to altering workout routines or nutrition around
0: menstrual cycle? This is one where, like, I'll just be completely honest. Uh, this, uh, this is not my expertise. Uh, and I'm fine in that. Um, hence, this is why we also have multiple coaches on the team. That that's what they do. Uh, they work with individuals who might be having menstrual or hormonal issues that are females. Like that's just what they do. Obviously, they're females if they're having menstrual issues. But point being, uh, this isn't and has never been my forte for a couple reasons. Number one, uh, because I'm not a female, so it's just it wasn't something that like really piqued my interest a ton, obviously. It's not something I've wanted to dig into and really understand the research with. Whereas like I have some coaches on the team that went through their own menstrual issues or hormonal issues and it made them want to dig dig into a ton of research because that's what they want to learn about. Like the reason I love reverse dieting so much, I'm so passionate about metabolic adaptation reverse dieting is because that's what drove me to become a nutrition coach. I literally did a bodybuilding show, gained a bunch of weight afterwards, lost all the results and I was like, what the fuck just happened? and I started researching and I found metabolic damage at the time and then that led me to reverse dieting and I just started going down this rabbit hole of Lane Norton and Eric Helms until I could figure out how to rework my nutrition because I didn't have a coach anymore. That led me to helping other people do it and now I'm very passionate and I would say we're one of the more well-known and better coaching companies for reverse dieting now and it's probably because of that. Menstrual cycle issues, stuff like that just was never that thing for me. Now, the other reason it was never a big draw of mine And this is what I'm going to give the answer with, semi uh, like a semi answer to it, is people overcomplicate it quite often. Um, I'm not going to be able to tell you exactly the difference between, you know, train like this in your follicular phase or anything like that because there's different phases of the menstrual cycle. Mm. And there are, are slight variations or recommendations for how you should train, how you should eat during each phase of the menstrual cycle. However, I do think it overcomplicates it for a lot of people and it's very unnecessary for a lot of people. Um, and I even have some clients that are very, very particular with watching their cycle and they have heavier cycles and it affects them more. So some of this actually does Help them a bit when to deload, when to take a diet break, when not to, when to ramp things up. And it does make sense. However, it, it's it's more of one of those awareness tools, I think, um, than anything because then you can understand your body a little bit more um, as the client, not as me, obviously, because yeah. I wouldn't be able to have that awareness myself. Um, but I think for a lot of people who are just generally trying to lose weight, it just overcomplicates it. If the person, if you know, Susie Q has 40 pounds to lose and she's worried about the different phases of her menstrual cycle and when she should eat more fats versus carbs and how to deload and all this kind of shit, number one, it's overwhelming. Number two, you're not far enough along in your fitness journey to even worry about that shit because it's not going to make a difference. It's just not like you need to just stay consistent. If there is some period in your Uh, cycle where you notice cravings or adherence gets out of whack. Okay. That can be applicable because we might be able to take a diet break. I've had clients where we purposely take diet breaks every single time during the phase when they have the highest cravings, because we just want to give them a little more flexibility so that they can fill their calories up a little bit more and not have those cravings. Right. And just, I I guess really just cure those cravings. And then we get back into the diet. It's, 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 but it's very rare for me to really want to change things. Now, I do know there is a period of time, um, I believe it's, it's right before the period actually hits where you can actually ramp up intensity um, because of the way, uh, when we look at it, because of the way estrogen, progesterone, all these different hormones are fluctuating throughout the cycle. There is a period of time where you can ramp up training because they can actually increase training volume or intensity. I want to say it's, uh, I don't know, I'm going to be honest, I don't know which period of time it is, but I want to say it's due to an increase in estrogen maybe progesterone because i know estrogen is very closely tied to cardiovascular health that's why typically women have better cardiovascular health than men because they have higher estrogen levels men have lower estrogen levels it's also why men who would used to take like estrogen blockers because they thought like estrogen was like female hormone and i need more testosterone they would be uh, more susceptible to cardiovascular health risks because when you lower estrogen too much your cardiovascular health goes down it's there for a reason men too um but if your cardiovascular health goes up, you can probably recover faster, which means you can do more volume. So in that period of time, we might be able to raise volume a little bit. But there's also a period of time where um, you want to lower intensity, intensity being low because it's actually, uh, you're more injury prone during that period of time, especially around your low back or hip uh, for the female because of that cycle. And that cycle causes a change in the body that makes it more dangerous to go for one rep maxes or heavy deadlifts and shit like that. That would be a good period of time for a deload, you know? So um, there are, there is science behind it, and I'm not saying there's not. I just personally find, in my experience, that most of the time it overcomplicates it when it's unnecessary. I've had countless women that I've worked with, and we didn't do a damn thing based on anything with their cycle, and there was absolutely zero issues. Mm. They got great results. They never had any issues. Um, there's also times where those same individuals would say, "Hey, this is like, I'm, you know." PMSing, this is a very, it's a heavier cycle or like I'm a little bit more sore or crave or whatever. Okay. Let's just adapt and adjust on the fly. It's auto-regulation. You're being a little more intuitive with it. Um, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. And I also don't think there's anything wrong with getting more in depth. I just know that there's been plenty of people that I've seen overcomplicate it that they, and they get, so into the data and details that it's almost overwhelming Mm. because they're already tracking their workouts and their progressions and their weight and their macros and their steps. And now they're going to track their cycle and they're trying to see what cycle lines up with what and their sleep. And sometimes it's like, Hey, let's not track so many things. Let's track the things that matter the most to get you the result and avoid the things that are just going to cause overwhelm. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. So damn, I don't have any direct answer for it, obviously, but, um, those are just my general thoughts. I think that it's, it's, you know, and there's people will spin it. Like, for example, like this, this is what spun off into seed cycling. And that was a fad for a long time. And seed cycling is purely pseudoscience. There's absolutely zero evidence to prove any of it is factual whatsoever. And it's, to me, if you understand the science of, of nutrition and hormone stuff, it's kind of common sense these women who weren't dieting or doing anything would seed cycle and all of a sudden they fix their period, it fixed their menstrual cycle, fix their hormones and they're all like, oh, it's the seeds and it's the way you cycle these seeds. And I'm sitting here going, okay, first of all, what scientists decided how to cycle those properly? Because there's a bunch of different seeds and nuts that they cycle through. But what makes that seed come on day 13 and that one come on 14 and all this, like who, who decided that? And the other thing is, what, were your, what was your diet like before? Because if you were not paying attention to your diet, I can almost guarantee these people were not getting healthy fats in their diet. If you're not getting healthy fats in your diet, guess what? You're going to have worse off hormones. That's the main role of a fat source is to improve your hormones. Mm. So if you're not eating enough fat or if you're only eating poor quality fat, you're not gonna have any, uh, you're, you're not gonna have the best hormonal balance possible, right? And then we introduce all these different seeds, which guess what? increases your calories so if you were under eating, what is this like a sunflower seed like i don't i'm I'm not uh, familiar with it so there's a whole bunch of different seeds sunflower seeds walnut like seeds and nuts and different kinds of seeds um and there's a process of like day by day you cycle through these different types of seeds you eat them but fats are the most calorically dense food we know that so if these women are under eating and their hormones are shot because they're under eating and then they start eating a bunch of nuts their calories go way up guess what yeah guess what happens when your calories go up after under eating your hormones get better <laughs> and your health improves. Guess what happens if you're on a low-fat diet or a poor-fat diet and you introduce a bunch of fats? Your hormones go up and your your health goes up. You know, so mm. to me it's like, I don't know. It's and they're pseudoscience. Just getting, they're just getting that source through those seeds. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's just like people go, oh, paleo helped me lose a bunch of weight. And I'm like, no, you just stopped eating this, 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 and this, and it dropped your calories a ton. You lost a bunch of weight because you couldn't figure out what else to eat because you don't have any knowledge of nutrition, okay. which is fine. You lost weight. That's the goal. But understand it's because your calories were lower, not because you did paleo. <laughs> you know, it's the same exact thing. It's yeah. not because you cycled these seeds neurotically. It's because you started eating the healthy fat sources. Yeah. You know, saturated fat Im- increases testosterone levels. So for Dude, guys I, that never eat saturated fats and they start eating saturated fats, their testosterone goes up. Yeah, that's how it is. I love, I saw a uh, quote the other day. It was like, if you have to
1: name your diet, um, it probably isn't
0: real or something. I, I, is it my quote? I don't know. If if not, then somebody stole it from me because oh. I have a post that says that. It literally says. Uh, I mean, is it your quote? I literally made it up, but I mean, yeah. It was. A, I, I had that. I've reposted that multiple times, though. Wow. I said that a long time ago in one of those white background black texts. Yeah. And it was it basically if your diet, I think it was, if your diet has a name, it's not the right diet to yeah. follow or something yeah. like that. It's but true. It's like seed cycling. Yeah, exactly. You know, paleo, keto. I yeah. mean, even like, yes, macros. People would call that a name, but I don't call like macros. To me, isn't a diet. Macros are a tool. Yeah. You know, totally. And I think that's what my caption was talking about. Is like macros. You don't follow a macros diet. You just have a diet and you use macros There's as a tool. There's a hundred macro diets. Yeah, exactly. And it, in intermittent fasting, keto, paleo, all those things work better if you use macros while doing it. Totally. So. Yeah.
1: Cool. All right. Let's move on from that one. Um, next one comes from Stacy Smith. It says, alcohol. That is my question. Alcohol. Why does it have to be so many calories?
0: I just want to enjoy it without guilt. <laughs> that is my question. Um, you know, unfortunately, it just is. I'm sorry. It's, uh, I don't really know how to answer that question. I'm with you. Uh, somebody asked me if I could, if I could make any, uh, any food... Uh, zero calories, what would it be? And I said, it's not a food, but my first choice would be alcohol. Yeah, You know, not to sound like alcoholic, but I would love to be able to have a drink and not add a bunch of calories. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, ethanol is seven calories per gram. Ethanol is the nutrient form of alcohol. So that's where the calories come from, unless you're drinking something like a margarita, which has a bunch of sugar and shit in it too. Yep. Um, I, was, I was cracking up. Uh, Carrie and Shannon were talking about, she was over at our house this weekend, they were talking about like, uh, there's this sugar-free wine that you can get now? And I'm like, that's impossible. Grapes have sugar. Well, it's probably not made out of grapes. How the fuck do you make it? Crystalite? Uh, I mean, how do you make <laughs> crystallite and fucking alcohol? Dude, what was the... the oh, my God. I saw it. Wine is fermented fruit.
1: I know, but listen. I uh heard on Ed Milet's podcast. I don't know why. Uh, I'm just going to super confused about this. He, It's called Just Eggs. Have you heard of it? It's
0: a... Uh plant-based egg. I don't doubt it. It's like an impossible burger. That's what I'm. Yeah, I don't know, man. He, I mean, he. It's artificially bleeped. created.
1: Yeah, It's literally made in a machine. Interesting. Just like. And it says ha- it gives you like more protein
0: and more un- saturated fats or unsaturated. I don't know, yeah. but. Yeah, but the saturated fats inside of eggs are good for you. So is the yeah, cholesterol. And that's what's know, crazy man. is people try to avoid. Like, you oh, should look oh, it up. Don't eat it because of the high cholesterol. It's like, no, cholesterol converts into vitamin D and testosterone. You need it yeah. to be a man. Literally, <laughs> that's what testosterone does. <laughs> to be a does. man, you need eggs. <laughs> it makes you, a, it <laughs> yeah, testosterone yeah. makes you a man. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, there's other sources of cholesterol that you can eat, but like, yeah. That, the yolks are so good for you, you know, yeah, but it was wild. and same with the impossible burger, that's it's artificially created. It's a bunch yeah. of fake things that they put together to So what
1: what I was saying is the sugar-free wine, it, it's possible.
0: Yeah, I guess. I mean but, anything's possible. But is possible it wine? Now. Anything's possible now. They have 3D printers that just pop out things now. <laughs> I still don't understand Hades. that. <laughs> no, I'm just I mean They they uh what did they they my, they, bu- my brother. <laughs> they mutated a not mutated um is that what cloned? It's cloned. Yeah. Uh a gorilla or a monkey or something in China with a printer? I don't think it was for the printer. Oh. I don't know how they did it, oh. but they definitely did it. I read this article on it in like New York Times. Anyway. And so we're next. Yeah. But I don't I don't understand how 3D printers work, but they're a thing. Yeah. They just, you want a shoe? Cool. Here. <laughs> <laughs> it just They just print it out. All right. Anyway. What is, I mean. Alcohol is about the question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's calories. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're with you. Yeah. Is it Stacy? Yep. Yeah. We're with you, Stacy. Unfortunately, it's calories why does it have to be so many she said it all right yeah, I, there's really no
1: answer i can give you on yeah that one, but i'm with you I, I appreciate She's probably laughing
0: when she wrote it yeah i respect <laughs> the question i appreciate it Let's all right so
1: next question is uh from lester it says i'm from colorado and lived in montana for my entire life i've noticed when i've lived in closer cities to sea level uh including seattle or minneapolis my weight goes up a bit and i have a hard time maintaining my previous weight when i visit my hometown in a in a week's time my weight drops back down to what it was previously do you think altitude affects your basic metabol- metabolic rate or do I need do I need less calories at lower altitudes
0: oh God this is gonna be a little over my head first of all great question this is this and this is a dumb question is there a Minneapolis and an Indianapolis
1: yeah in Minneapolis I'm not gonna say that Thats that's weird to me yeah up. Minneapolis is a city of Minnesota, and Indianapolis
0: is a state no, Indiana's a state,
1: yes, Indianapolis is in Indiana, Minneapolis is in Minnesota, <laughs> that's so weird, oh, we're gonna get
0: tortured for that one, yeah, no I mean, but that's not big geographic guys yeah that's that's weird to me, that's like having Seattle and Beattle. no, it's not it is in two different places, sure, okay, I mean it kinda anyway, um. Okay. So first of all, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know for sure. Uh, we might have to cruise through this one, to answer another one, but yeah. that's a really, really good question. Um, my guess would be a few things. Number one, I'd have to ask some questions on like, how long were you visiting? Because when you travel, uh, but he says he notices when he's over there, over here. So it sounds like it's happened to him many times, okay. you know, if I travel somewhere and I come back, I'm going to see weight fluctuations, right? But usually it's like I gain some weight around travel because water retention happens when you're out of your sleep patterns, when digestion's off, which happens a lot with travel, and when, you're, uh, when you increase altitude in a plane. When you on a plane, you retain water. It happens often. But usually it drops back down, right? Not like I weigh more in Seattle and I weigh less when I live in Minneapolis. Like that's pretty weird. Yeah. Uh, if your basal metabolic rate does change – And it's not, so the only thing it could be outside of that, in my opinion, would be if when you move and you change time zones, it fucks with your body clock. I mean, he's asked about altitude. You know that, right? Yes. Okay, okay. But when you go from Minneapolis to Seattle, time zone change. Okay. Right? Same altitude. Minneapolis and Seattle are? Correct. Okay, he's and,
1: saying Seattle or Minneapolis compared to Colorado or Montana.
0: Oh, Okay, so like, this would
1: rule this out then.
0: Because like what I was going to say <laughs> is sometimes people shift uh, time zones and it throws off their body clock and their sleep patterns totally. and eat schedule. And it's not any crazy physiological thing. It's just that you're sleeping shittier, so you're hungrier, so you're you're not adhering as well. Yada, 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 right? Um, in now, a time zone factor, that, mu- that absolutely 100%. is true, yeah. Now, with altitude, the thing I do know is that when you're at a higher altitude, you have a higher uh, white blood cell count. When you have a higher white blood cell count, you have a better oxygen turnover rate. So the reason I know this is because back in the day, they would do blood doping. So blood doping was when uh, Olympic athletes, and they got in trouble for this once they found out what they were doing, they would go to, like, basically, let's say – you're, you compete in the Olympics. When is the Olympics? Just was. Like th- this past month. Just for snowboarding though, right? Winter Olympics? Yeah. Summer but, Olympics are in the summer. Oh, there you go. forgot those two. So, okay. So, summer Olympics, right? Yeah. And so, during the fall and winter, you go to Colorado and you train at a gym and stay in a, in a cabin, all that shit that's in the mountains. Yep. When you're at a higher altitude, you have a higher oxygen rate what you can do is you can train there and it's almost like taking steroids because you're training at an altitude that your body is, is basically converting oxygen quicker. So you have a better aerobic ability. If you have a better aerobic ability, you can recover faster, which means you can do more volume and you can do more intensity and you can get away with it. So people would travel to places that were higher altitude to train harder because they would be able to see better gains at a higher altitude. And then they would come back to a lower altitude to compete in the Olympics. Blood doping took that a step further, and I still think they can do that as far as go there because they're not doing anything Absolutely. wrong. But blood doping would be, and they did this, and uh, actually my college professor did replacing this. replacing blood. Yeah. yeah, and so my college professor did this, and he said it was fucking cool. Like, it's really cool. Yeah. 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 Goes up to high altitude, withdraws his it. own blood, goes down, and he was a rower, injects his own blood back into his system with a higher uh, white blood cell count because he, mm-hmm. and he took it out while he was up there, and then just rode like a madman, crushed it, you know, and then it, it was back in the day, so it might have been totally, like, legal or for the sport or whatever when he yeah. did it. I mean, he's he was competing way, way back yeah. in college. Um, Either legal or absolutely not known of. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, and that's what I mean by yeah. not legal, yeah. uh, not illegal yet. Um, but my, my whole point with that is, like, uh, because we know that the to does that, my only guess would be there might be a metabolic effect as far as your metabolism might be faster when you're at a higher altitude because of the way your blood For sure. responds to the altitude. Um, so it very well could happen. Um, and if that's the case, if you want to get lean, move somewhere that <laughs> higher altitude. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Go on your daily walks in Colorado. You know, it
0: actually would be interesting to, to look at like uh, obesity rates and uh, match that with altitude of cities throughout the country. That'd be so cool. Just like to know. Yeah, but, it might be the case I mean you also have to like
1: think about the population size mm-hmm. and like all those factors yeah because if Seattle has 2 million people and Colorado has 500 right. I'm, not, I'm just making numbers but, up, but. but you
0: could also say like um, in Seattle 80% of people are overweight yep you know and in Colorado only 50% are overweight but if there's a million less people that's still a percentage factor though sure it's a percentage of the total population yeah um that's as, that's as close as you can get to being able to compare. But I also am not a researcher and don't conduct research. So yep. I may or about wrong. altitude. Yeah. So that's a great
1: question, Lester. Yeah, so it is. All right, cool. We are good on questions for today. Yeah. Um, go ahead and submit your questions on the description below. Yeah. Any announcements?
0: Um, no announcements. Uh, you guys – Sent in a lot of great questions. So if you got more for us, click the link, like you said. Otherwise, go leave us a five star rating and review on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, remember, Spotify is super fucking easy. So please go do that for us. It helps us grow the podcast. Um, and share this with anybody you think it would help because we want to get this podcast out to more and more people. Last but not least, I want to thank our sponsor and make sure that you go check out First Form at slash tailored coaching method. Uh, I'll be flying out there in less than a month. I'm, uh, oh, wait. Yeah, less than a month because there's like the 24th. 25- fourth or fifth or something like that um super stoked to go out there uh and shoot more content meet the team everything like that so um again firstform.com slash Method if you want free priority shipping and to get the best customer service there is in the game we appreciate you guys and we will catch you next time